Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just had a weekend of racing at Richmond Raceway, and yeah... Yeah, that was definitely Richmond for you. I don't know what much else to say as the Cup Series race at least had a pretty exciting uh, second half to the race. The first half was nothing to mention, but the Truck Series race that we're going to first talk about was, it was just bad. It was not a good race, and it just makes you question whether or not Richmond should honestly have two races on the schedule. Now, granted, it is a short track. I think a lot of people need to understand that short tracks are very important to the NASCAR series. But at the same time, man, these these short tracks have been brutal, brutal for NASCAR this year. I'm just hoping that the Bristol Night Race that's going to be coming up in a few weeks is a lot more exciting than this one. But either way, we're still going to talk about these races. They're still worth mentioning some highlights in these races. Uh, we'll first start off with the Truck Series race. I'm... I'm having a feeling that this is going to be one of the fastest reviews of a race that I've had in quite a while. So without further ado, let's dive into it, guys. It is time to look at the final results for this weekend here in the NASCAR racing world. We're first going to start off with the Camping World Truck Series for the 18th race of the season, the Worldwide Express 250 Carrier Appreciation at Richmond. Alrighty, so in this race, we had a total of 42 trucks enter into this race. Quite a few trucks tried to make it into this Richmond race, so that meant quite a few of them missed out on uh, running in this main event. This includes the number 5 of Tyler Hill, the number 46 of Brandon Poole, the number 90 of Justin Carroll, the number 14 of Trey Hutchins, the number 96 of Mason Maggio, and the number 6 of Norm Benning. All drivers and teams I really wanted to see in this event, but unfortunately, when you have that many trucks entered in, you got to perform at your highest point and unfortunately they were not able to do that so they miss the 18th race of the season we had a total of three cautions for 25 laps two of them were stage breaks and we had four lead changes amongst three different drivers at least the driver who led the most laps was able to get the win in this one and that was the number 18 for Kyle Busch of Motorsports Chandler Smith getting another victory here this year in that number 18 machine locks himself into the round of eight he is your winner here at Richmond Raceway finishing second was his teammate the number four John Henry Nemechek finishing third was the number 66 of Ty Majeski. in the fourth spot we have the number 23 of Grant Enfinger finishing fifth was the number 51 of Corey Heim finishing sixth we have the number 17 of Taylor Gray finishing seventh was the number 18 of Matt Crafton. In the eighth spot, we had the number 98 of Christian Eckes. Finishing ninth was the number 38 of Zane Smith. And then rounding up the top 10, we had the number 42 of Carson Hosevar. Some noticeable drivers finished outside the top 10 that we need to mention. Finishing 11th, we had the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. Tyler Ankrum in the number 16 truck was able to finish 13th. Then you got Matt DiBenedetto in the number 25 finishing 17th with Ben Rhodes in the number 99 right behind him in the 18th position. Haley Deegan had a rough race in this one. She finishes 26th overall. And then at the bottom of the list, unfortunately caught in an accident on lap number 209, the only accident in the race, we have the number 33 truck of Nick Leitz. And that is your final results here for the Worldwide Snooze Fest 250. Yeah, yeah, that was a race. That was definitely a race. Well... I guess there was some passing here and there, but okay, let, let's ex let's talk about the highlights. So I wasn't able to watch this truck race, and apparently I didn't miss too much because, 
The only three people who were competitive in this race was Chandler Smith, Ty Majeski, and John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek only led one lap in this race, which absolutely surprises me. He was always the second best truck in this entire race, so unfortunate for him to not be the best truck at all at any point. But you know what? He still had himself a really good run and was able to finish off second. That's going to be really helpful for him in the points. But Chandler Smith and Ty Majeski were some of the most dominant trucks throughout this entire race, with Chandler Smith slowly but surely running closer and closer up front and just had a tremendous performance here in that number 18 truck. He is a very talented driver. I'll be very surprised if he stays in the truck series that much longer. I'm pretty sure you're going to have him go up to Joe Gibbs Racing here pretty soon. Probably when Brandon Jones or Ty Gibbs moves on up into the Cup Series because he's definitely a valuable driver. But Ty Majeski, once again, having another really good race. He's more than just a top 10 truck. He runs really consistently up front. Just hasn't gotten that victory yet. He's just getting ever so close. Um, each and every single race. It won't be long before you see that number 66 truck. As far as downs go in this race, well, we can talk about the lack of action. Literally, the there's an eight-minute highlight that Fox decided to put on for this truck series race. Seven minutes of it is just trucks passing other trucks. That's it. And it's not even for, like, top positions. Well, maybe, like, 30 seconds of it, like John Hunter Nemechek passing Chandler Smith at the beginning of the race, or Stuart Friesen or somebody like that. There was absolutely no green flag passes at all in this race, not one. The only times people led in this race or took the lead in this race was because of cautions and pit strategies. That's it. That is 100% it, and I can't believe that. Hell, Chandler Smith led lap 76 all the way to 250 on start stage two. It was all Chandler Smith from then on forward. Uh, another down in this race, we'll, we'll mention this one real quick. The one caution that was not a stage conclusion was caused by Carson Hosevar when he took out the number 33 truck. I don't know what was going on with Carson Hosevar at that moment. It almost felt like when he saw that he was going to lap down, he thought to himself, I got to kill somebody. I got to take someone into the wall and would pull something, something that we would do in a NASCAR video game. Like, seriously, if I go a lap down in the race and I know I'm going to get a lucky dog, you bet your ass I'm going to cause a spin out. <laughs> and that's what I felt like Carson Hosefar did. But apparently it worked out well for him because he finished 10th overall in this race, kept himself close to the playoff cut line as he is on the outside looking in, but it's still only a few points. But very unfortunate for the number 33 truck and Josh Rayom Racing to have their truck get damaged in this race. The only truck to be out of the race. The one who finished 35th was Dean Thompson. He's a running rookie. And he finished 27 laps down. 27 laps down. I don't know if he had mechanical problems or something in the middle of the race. He had to go off to the side. But there's multiple trucks here like Blaine Perkins. He finished 26 laps down. Then you got Mason Maggio. I, I, I really hope I'm saying that name right. Who took on over the number 43 truck when he didn't make it into the number 96 truck. And he finished 8 laps down. Just, just a crazy bad race. This is one of those ones where you feel really embarrassed if you finally get your friends for the first time ever to sit down down and watch a NASCAR race you guys decide to turn on the truck race because you feel like there's going to be more action there and this is what you get just <laughs> Richmond did not really provide that great of a race the Indianapolis Raceway Park track now that one was freaking awesome that one had a lot of fun in it this one not so much um re-watching value hardly near the bottom of the list I mean nothing exciting happened unless you're a Chandler Smith fan you really enjoyed this race but overall, nothing really exciting. Let's go to the points battle right now here in the truck series. This is the second race in the round of 10, which means two 
trucks will be cut off here after the third race, which I do believe is going to be held at Kansas next. So that's a big race for them. Here's the points cut off. Here's the people who are locked in right now. We got Chandler Smith with a victory as well as Grant Infinger in the number 23 truck locked in. Zane Smith has a comfortable lead as he sits 43 points above the cut line with John Hunter Nemechek close behind 43 points above the cut line. In the fifth spot, you have the number 66 of Ty Majeski. He's 36 points above the cut line. Stuart Friesen in the number 52 truck is 31 points above the cut line. And then Ben Rhodes, who had a struggling race here in Richmond, falls a few more points. Now he's only 21 points above the cut line. He should be good unless there's a victory from one of these trucks behind him, then I would be a little worrisome for him. But for now, he's just 21 points ahead. Then you got the number 88 of Matt Craft, and he is now above the cut line, three points ahead. And then you got Carson Hosefar in the 42 truck, three points behind. And then Christian Eckes in the number 98 truck, six points behind. So it's very close between 8th through 10th, but you know how it is in these truck series race. Something crazy can happen, and you can have a team potentially fall out going into the round of 8. Now let's move on to the main event. I know that one was super quickly, but I don't know what more you want me to talk about. Maybe I could talk about how many trucks passed Lane Riggs there in the first stage, but I'm not going to go through that. Let's talk about the race that had a little bit more excitement. This is the 24th race here of the Cup Series in the 2022 season. Without further ado, let's dive into the final results for the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond. Alrighty, so in this race, we had a total of 36 cars enter into it, which means we had no open charter cars run in this race. We just had the standard 36 charter machines. We had a total of five cautions for 28 laps and 16 lead changes amongst nine different drivers. That sounds like there was a lot of action up front, but it was mostly due to green flag pit stops, so don't let that statistic fool you. I just wanted to say that real quickly because I noticed that and immediately thought to myself, there was that many lead changes? No, technically yes, but... In all honesty, we know the real truth. In the end, though, how about a back-to-back -back winner leading 55 laps in this race? A Ford, not a Toyota, won at Richmond, believe it or not. And it was the number four of Kevin Harvick getting his 60th win of his career, second win of the 2022 season, and is showing to everyone that he is one of the more dominant cars going into the playoffs. Finishing second, we have the number 20 of Christopher Bell, and the third spot was the number 17 of Chris Busher. Finishing fourth, we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Finishing ninth was the number 9 of Chase Elliott. In the sixth spot, we have the number 22 of Joey Logano. Finishing seventh was the number 19 of Martin Truex Jr. Finishing eighth, we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing ninth was the number 18 of Kyle Busch. And rounding out the top 10 in the number 12 machine, we have Ryan Blaney. Finishing 11th was the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 12th, we have the number 2 of Austin Sendrick. Finishing 13th, we have the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 14th was the number 5 of Kyle Larson. Finishing 15th was the number 6 of Brad Keselowski. Finishing 16th was the number 3 of Austin Dillon. With his brother Ty Dillon in the number 42, finishing 17th. 18th was the number 1 of Ross Chastain with his teammate, the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. And rounding out the top 20, we had the number 48 of Alex Bowman. And some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention here real quick. Finishing in the 29th position, we had the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Tyler Reddick in the number 8 has an abysmal race, finishing 6 laps down, and he finishes 31st overall in this race. Eric Jones gets caught up in an accident on lap number 240. He is out, finishing 35th overall. And then round out the field and the 36th position, out by lap number 180, unfortunately, to engine issues, we have the number 45 of Ty Gibbs. And that is your final results here for the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway. So one thing that really fascinated me about this race was... Kevin Harvick wins. He is a Ford. But the most dominant car in this race was actually the number 22 of Joey Logano, 
who led about 56% of this race. He had himself a phenomenal run here in that number 22 machine. He led 222 laps. And then leading 80 laps was the number one of Ross Chastain. So this race was not dominated by Toyotas, as I predicted, which really shocked me. The only Toyotas to lead any laps was Denny Hamlin. He only led 22 laps. That's about it. I don't really see anyone else who led laps in this race who ran under the Toyota manufacturer, and that was absolutely shocking. The biggest shocker was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., who everybody thought, and I mean everybody, thought he was going to go into victory lane and be the 16th different winner of the season. And I thought it myself, but once the green flag dropped, he had no luck at all. Felt like he was getting bumped and banged left and right. And the other Toyotas weren't really there much to begin with. Kyle Busch mostly ran around the top 10. He actually spun out in the middle of the race. But even then, he just hung around the top 10. Christopher Bell was really close there near the end. I got to give credit to him as he almost won this race for Joe Gibbs Racing. Almost saved a bad weekend for them, technically, at Richmond. And Ty Gibbs has a blown engine. And Bubba Wallace, even though he finishes 13th, it was just... We felt like he could do a little bit better in that 23 machine. I guess a top 15 is fine for him here at Richmond as he doesn't really do too well at this racetrack. But the point I'm trying to get across was Toyota's just did not show up in this race, a race that we truly thought they were going to be able to. And now I'm a little worried for them for the next couple of weeks because I don't think they're really going to do that great at Watkins Glen as they've been struggling at the road courses. And then as far as the restrictor plate goes, um, coming up here at Daytona in two weeks. I, I don't know. It's kind of a crapshoot right now. Maybe Bubba Wallace can get the win, but to have them get their butts kicked this bad by Chevrolet and Toyota in this race, kind of a bummer for them. One driver I need to mention, though, here that finished in the top 10 that deserves recognition. He hasn't gotten a victory yet, but man, he really did impress us, was the number 17 of Chris Buescher. Chris Buescher had himself a phenomenal race, almost won the race, but thanks to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. blocking him in the final few laps. Yes, I saw that. The 47 car was multiple laps down and decided to block the number 17 like crazy. I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was his old car, so he got a little peanut butter and jealous that he was doing good in that race. And that's a term you don't hear too much. But <laughs> Chris Buescher, unfortunately, got so close, but due to the tire fall off we saw here, in these race cars and just at the track for the last few years, passing is so damn tough. And that's something that NASCAR really needs to look at at this racetrack because I don't know how many times we saw cars come up to the back end of somebody, look like they were about to pass them, and then all of a sudden they fall off. It was so infuriating. I remember in the middle of the race when Martin Trex Jr. went a lap down and then started taking care of his equipment, started running closer and closer. I think they showed it for about like 50 laps, him trying to get around the number 22 of Joey Logano, and it just would never happen. It was like it wasn't going to happen. And just a very frustrating there. The only good thing that I got out of this race was the amount of pit strategies we saw, which we usually don't see too much here with the next-gen car because there's always like a lot of cautions going on, so everyone's usually on the same pit strategy. But we got that in this race, which provided so many lead changes. We did not know which strategy would work out the best. And in the end, it worked out for Kevin Harvick, who had himself a really good car. And the momentum for him right now is unbelievable. I don't know how he's going to do at Watkins Glen in Daytona, but right now that four car is on fire. A team that no one really thought about here a couple weeks ago. We thought that they were just going to get eliminated from the playoffs, and Kevin Harvick may be thinking about retirement. 
Well, then he just totally proves us wrong at Michigan, and now look at him. He gets two victories now. Really good run for him, and overall, Stuart Haas Racing really needed this. They had another car finish in the top 10, Eric Amarola. Good to see him get another top 10 once again. But you guys hear it. You guys hear nothing but Fords is having impressive performances. Kevin Harvick, Chris Buescher, Joey Logano, Eric Amarola, and Ryan Blaney fill out the top 10. Five Fords, so great run for them. When we all thought that they were struggling, they proved us wrong. A team that did struggle in this race that did really surprise me here near the end was once again Trackhouse Racing. I don't know what's going on with them, but for some reason, they just can't finish races right now. Now, granted, Ross Chastain was having himself a good race. He won the first stage, so we can't take that away from him. But unfortunately, he got caught up in another incident that took out multiple cars once again, and it caused him damage. So this time, he was on the bad end of a situation of an accident that he caused, which we usually don't see that that much, but he paid the price for it. So a driver who led 80 laps in this race, unfortunately, just barely squeaked in a top 20 with his teammate right behind him. Does this indicate that Trackhouse Racing is starting to lose some steam here in the 2022 season? I don't really think so. I mean, like I said, Ross Chastain won a stage and led 80 laps. That's still a really good performance. It's just Ross Chastain's biggest enemy right now is Ross Chastain. And I, I wouldn't say like he's like a, he's self-imploding on himself or he's just a destruct, self-destructive driver. He's not something like A.J. Allmendinger who's in a bad mood, things fall apart. He's more of a, he makes big mistakes when he shouldn't be and it causes accidents with other drivers so he makes a lot of enemies. So right now, like half the field is against him and I think it's starting to play a big factor on Ross Chastain. So we'll see how he does here in the next few weeks. But a little bit worrisome to see him finish more outside the top 10 than he is inside the top 10. Another down in this race has to go to definitely the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. I don't know what in the world happened to him. I was thinking he was going to finish in 15th because that's usually what he does here at Richmond. But he decided to times it by 2 and have an average running position of 30th. Just a terrible race for Tyler Reddick in that number 8 machine. Just could never get the car going in the right direction. I think he also ran into some problems here and there mechanical-wise. I'm not 100% sure. They didn't really talk too much about him. But what a bummer of a finish for him. That's now back-to-back races where he didn't get a solid finish. He finishes outside the top 30. And that's got to be a momentum killer. We'll see what he does at Watkins Glen. But to come back from those types of finishes can sometimes be really hard on a team. But you know what? This is Tyler Reddick. He's a very talented driver. So we'll see how he runs in the Watkins Glen race. I don't want to give up on him completely. I don't want it to sound like he has no more fantasy value for the rest of the year. That's silly. What I'm saying is, you know, when you get that bad momentum, it's really hard to pull off a victory the very next week. So maybe when we thought he could be a potential guarantee to win the Watkins Glen race, he's now maybe more of a driver who could probably get a top 10. You might want to consider him for fantasy still, but you don't feel nearly as confident as you do putting him into like an Indianapolis road course race where he was running consistently for the last few races. Overall, this race was still below average. I don't want to give it too much credit. Yes, we did have some cool pit strategies here and there. And yes, we had an exciting finish with Chris Buescher and Christopher Bell trying to duke it out with Kevin Harvick there near the end. But that still doesn't excuse the other 350 laps where hardly anything happened in this race. We expect with short track races, we expect a lot of um, action throughout the race from beginning to end. Maybe a little bit more bumping and banging than we saw on Sunday. But we didn't get that, which still continues the fear for a lot of fans with the next gen car as it may not be a good car at all for short tracks it's good for intermediate tracks and maybe in some cases road courses but yeah right now these short tracks are kind of the least exciting races of the year something that i never would thought i would say here in the cup series 
And that will conclude the final results for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As far as the prime uh, fantasy team that you could have got this week, and the one who scored the most fantasy points was the number 11 of Denny Hamlin with 50 points. And then the second spot, you have the number four of Kevin Harvick. Joey Logano, even though he led 222 laps, only scored 45 fantasy points thanks to that stage one where he only finished in seventh. And then Kyle Larson, finishing outside the top 10, still scored 40 points. And then Chris Buescher in the number 17 or the number 12 of Ryan Blaney, if you went with either of those, that would have been the top five overall for fantasy. So good runs by all those guys, and hopefully you had them on your fantasy roster. As far as the top three goes in our fantasy league, which is NASCAR Field Fillers League on fantasygames.nascar.com, we had Ricky Bobby Dollar Sign get a victory here in our league, scoring 238 points. Fabulous job by him. Finishing second, we have the most dominant uh, fantasy team in the league right now, Turn Sheen at 224 points. I finished right behind him with 219 points, and then you had Crazy Corrado in the fourth position overall in the league standings as well as this weekend. He finishes fourth with 215, and we had 15 different teams score 200-plus points. Again, badass job, guys. You guys are doing really well in fantasy so far. And we have a few teams that just stopped picking. That's all good for now, but do remember, we are having ourselves a little bit of a playoff points battle in these final 10 races where we're going to exclude the first 26 races, kind of like how NASCAR does with the new playoff system. And we're going to uh, have a little competition to see who can score the most points here in the final 10 races. Winner will get some sort of die cast or maybe someone can give me an idea on what they want to get. I'm not sure. I don't want to get it uh, something bigger than the overall league standings. I feel like that would be cheating someone who did really good and studied for the first for all 36 races only to realize that they finished like third in the final 10 races and they didn't get the super cool prize. We're going to still do something cool. Trust me. Trust me on that one. But still remember to get your fantasy teams adjusted for that time as we will be doing a special thing for the final 10 races. If you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at TikTok at VanillaWafers44, posting daily NASCAR videos there, or on YouTube at VanillaWafers, trying to do some more YouTube-related videos, uh, slowly but surely getting there. There's just been some things going on during the weekends that I don't want to go too much into discussion but unfortunately it has caused some delays in those videos either way i'm still working on nascar videos all the time so trust me i'm not giving up on video making at all it's just things are getting delayed and then on twitter i'm at tyler v33 if you ever want to talk nascar or give me suggestions on the podcast you can do so there you can also find me if you put in nascar field filler or vanilla wafers I pop up either way. But the most important thing, guys, is thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.